0: Welcome to BCS, the Chartered Institute for IT. My name is Brian Muntsman. This is the Gem of All Mechanisms podcast. And today we're speaking to uh, Kieran O'Hara. So uh, it's very nice to to welcome you along, Kieran.
1: Uh, Morning, Brian. Afternoon, Brian. How are you?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm very good, thank you. We're we're here to talk about the future of the internet. So you've co-written a book with uh, uh, Dame Wendy Hall. Uh, Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us about the premise of it.
1: Well, the book, uh, we were looking at the... uh, the governance of the internet and the way it sort of changed and how different views of it interact and what we discerned was four particularly important styles of governance of the mm. internet um which has a kind of historical uh background to it so as as, as we all know the internet was 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 built in the 60s and 70s, sponsored by the U.S. government or largely sponsored by the U.S. government with uh, a number of libertarian scientists setting up this uh, open network, permissionless, that anyone could could link to. Um, and uh, we, th- that libertarian view of the Internet was the kind of the, the, the major uh, ideological position about the Internet for its early early yeah. years uh and it's rooted in silicon valley uh so we called it the the silicon valley open internet and that was fine uh because in the early days you know the internet had relatively few users they were all uh very much people of a type you know pretty professionals people like ourselves uh and DARPA they they were into it weren't they (laughs) (laughs) indeed the odd the odd uh uh, the odd uh, general was involved as well yes quite um and a lot of it was uh you know to to to, to experimenting with communication networks and re- resilience and robustness and communication um and the result was you know you had a something that was being developed as an open permissionless internet but only a very small demographic using it mm. uh, which meant you got a lot of good faith use you didn't get spam you didn't get Trolling, you 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 got uh, basically a load of engineers more or less pulling in the same direction, mm. and that was fine until the internet started to grow, World Wide Web being a, a, a key factor in that. Uh, and when you have lots of users, then you have all all the sorts of int- uh, uh, of all the sorts of problems that you get from scale. You get uh, Criminals, you get collective action problems where no one's behaving badly. It's just we, we all want different things out of it. Uh, there are issues to do with commercial uh, exploitation of the internet and how do we have security? Because of course security wasn't really designed in. Mm. You know, it was it, as a libertarian internet, it was designed for access, not for not for restriction. About. Yes. So. Uh, Problems began to emerge, you know, trolling, cybersecurity, um, interoperable systems meant you suddenly had very large threat surface, you know, all, all these all these things that we, we all know about. And as a result of that, the you know, libertarianism started to look like an ideal too far mm. and counter ideals began to emerge. And these are the ones that we write about in our book we, uh, when we talk about four internets. One of them is the Silicon Valley open Internet. Mm. The other three were uh, methods of thinking about the Internet that viewed it not as an open, totally open space. So one of them was uh, a kind of human rights oriented view that uh, what you what you must do, first of all, is ensure good behavior privacy, respect for human rights, and then once you've got that, you can start building your applications layer on top of that, and hopefully that looks, uh, uh, that will be rather better behaved. So uh, we call that, because it's a sort of a libertarian but well behaved, we call that the bourgeois internet. And uh, Brussels is the, the center for that. It's really the EU mm. GDPR, EU copyright law, things like this very much the sort of drivers of what we call the Brussels bourgeois internet. Mm. Um, a second view or a second competing view uh, comes from particularly the East Coast of the United States, particularly from the US Supreme Court, and that is to view the internet as a piece of property. Yep. So you have market solutions for problems. You you, if you can outbid everyone, that's it. You're in space, and if you can't, you don't. Money talks. Money talks. Absolutely. So this this was we call this the Washington DC commercial internet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in fact, a lot of the tech giants, although uh, they they're often based in Silicon Valley, they're actually quite keen on this kind of business oriented view of. Mm. You Google's and Facebooks are really far less libertarian than they are commercial enterprises, very really into their walled gardens and yeah, and all that stuff. And a third view is simply to see the internet as a space that must be policed, so uh, uh, you, you come down hard on it to stop bad behaviour. Uh, and this is more, much more authoritarian view of the Internet, a lot of censorship and a lot of mm. uh, 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 snooping and surveillance. Um, and uh, the Chinese are extremely good at this. So we call this the, the Beijing uh, paternal Internet. Yeah. Um, we use the word paternalism as a slightly softer one than authoritarianism because, you know, this is mainly w- wanting to prevent harms from happening. Right. You know, uh, what looks like authoritarianism from one angle, in fact, can just be uh, good policing from it from another angle.
0: Or well, it could be fraternal, a bit of Big Brother.
1: <laughs> Indeed, absolutely, yeah, yeah, big grand fraternal internet. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so those four internets, the open internet, the bourgeois mm. internet, the commercial internet, and the uh, paternal internet basically sit alongside each other. The internet, as we know, is an internet of internets. It's a network of networks. Mm. Um and so these things can kind of coexist. Uh although we've given geographical markers to those internets, it doesn't mean that every every country does everything. You know, so in our you know in the UK, we've just got the online harms bill. That's actually a paternal thing. That's, yeah. there's nothing libertarian about that. That's that's yes. a paternal position. Um, and 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 so on. You know. And meanwhile, you know, in China, there are lots of areas of the internet where it is really is a free for all, and it does look like a libertarian internet, just as open as as we would expect in California. Hmm. So every everyone kind of does a bit of this, but there are you know uh, uh, clear um, biases. You know, so the EU is very concerned with human rights. The yes. Americans are very concerned with commercialism. The Chinese are very concerned with authoritarianism. Um, and these styles of running the Internet will are, are competing. Yes. Uh, so, you know, when you have a, a growth area of the Internet like India, giant area, lots to grow into, plenty of people in India not connected to the Internet. So this will be a real growth area for the Internet mm. uh, going forward. Um, there are four models of the Internet there to be that will compete against each other within India. And will shape India's uh, response to to uh, to uh, the growth of the internet. So, probably five, ten years ago, we might have been looking at India's amazing IT industry and thinking this might well be a commercial sector. Now we're looking at Narendra Modi's BJP government cracking down on on opponents. Mm. Uh, you know, it's got a very large identity system. It's just put in place called Adha it might start to look a bit authoritarian and paternal going forward you know yeah. all these these things compete and, and rub against each other uh and our our uh, thesis in the book is the internet's going to be stronger if these things can rub along together if the, if these if if any one of these starts to shear off mm. uh, then we weaken the, the internet begins to splinter uh we we we're not worried about the internet falling apart but we're worried about it being that it just getting harder to get information from one side of the internet to the other yeah you know if if those if those chains start to get less um uh less dense it it'll just we it'll just get harder it it'll be a less resilient structure yeah um and so the trick is of course to keep it together despite the fact that you know uh, 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 an EU human rights position is very different from a Chinese paternal authoritarian position. Somehow they've got to rub along together. Uh, so do
0: those do those different sort of philosophies and positions affect the, the sort of technical underpinnings, uh, the, the you know the common interoperability and things like that? Because isn't that really the only way it can splinter? I'm well, to one yeah. side the Great Firewall of China, perhaps, but. Uh,
1: yeah uh, exactly uh, I mean we, it, it is exactly that um, I mean ideally what you'd want to do if this was possible which is not is have you sort of your application layer and your sort of political layer of the internet as split off as you like mm. highly governed uh, but the transport layer still functioning really well so that information can get from A to B and it's Governments, of course, are always going to censor stuff. You can't, you can't stop that. And even, you know, a very strong libertarian will want to censor, you know, um, child pornography or, or, or sure. stuff like this. So, you know, censorship in itself is not a bad thing. Um, the, the, the problem is, of course, it's, it's very hard just to censor at the top and, and leave the application, to leave the uh, transport layers alone. And, um, one of the difficulties is that uh, as the world is getting more fragmented, the pressures to pull things apart will will increase. So we've already, you know, in, in I mean, since we wrote the book, we, we published the book in 2021, yeah. You know, so to in our minds, it's still new, but actually, the world's moved on pretty well since we since we we put the last full stop on and, and sent it into the presses because. Uh, it's kind of gone the way that we were we were we were sketching about. We're not not been surprised by anything that's happened. But on the other hand, since it has happened, you know, the trade war between uh, the US and China has increased mm. dramatically, and mm. the US, I mean, particularly under Trump, but also under Biden, has been experimenting with new methods of sanctions, uh, particularly on the hardware side. Yeah, that make it very hard. Not just to do business with a sanctioned company, but to do business with a company that does business with a sanctioned company, and even a company that does business with a company that does business with a sanctioned company. Yeah, uh, you know, there are difficulties yeah. getting access to things like finance that that, that could be really crippling. Um, so there's the you know the the US Chinese war, which is probably the biggest danger of a split, and probably the biggest danger of different things happening on the internet would be. Uh, in the Internet of Things if, you know, you end up with different 5G standards, a Chinese than mm. an American standard. Chinese probably leading in 5G standards at the moment. I mean, I'm no expert, but that's that's what I gather. Uh, and if the US stops using any Chinese uh, uh, network hardware, we may end up with a, a split net of things to start with.
0: Yes, yeah. and, and there's, there's the other there, isn't there, of, of the tensions in Taiwan. Bear in mind that Taiwan is such a producer of... Um chips and so on and so forth as well not really recognized as a nation in most places but the states are kind of supporting them that's never going to go down well in beijing is it
1: it's not going to go down well in beijing that there's you know there's clearly a threat of an invasion of taiwan mm. which is not going to go down well in washington no um uh, and, and in fact i mean if that happened you know given taiwan's um dominance of the chip industry it, you know, who, who the hell knows what's going to happen. To mm. that. There's a lot of intellectual property there that the Chinese may or may not be able to appropriate uh, and a lot of uh, uh, experience in, in the business that um, may be harder for the Chinese to replicate. I mean, it, 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 the, the Taiwanese government for some years now has been discouraging its uh, semiconductor experts to go, from going to China. Yeah and making sure they don't, uh, precisely because there is this leakage of intellectual property, which has kind of driven a lot of the, not all, but a lot of the Chinese uh, uh, growth of technology of the last uh, 10, 20 years. Um, So yes, and and we saw sort of a a dry run of this, I think, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, when one of the first things the Ukrainians did was go to ICANN and various other uh mm. governance bodies and say, could you cut the Russians off from the internet, please? Yes. Um you know for perfectly good reasons. I mean you know absolutely understandable. Uh ICANN and uh very you know the other the, the governance bodies resisted. And so Russia did not was not cut off from the internet uh to uh, Ukraine's Shagra. Uh uh but that was a that was a tough battle. You know, I mean, it, it, it takes some guts to go, to, to go up to a wartime president say, "No, yeah, <laughs> sorry, absolutely. we're going to do that." Um, and uh, the flip side is, Russia, uh, for many years, uh, certainly, well, since the invasion of Crimea, actually, has been building up its resilience and its self-sufficiency in all sorts of areas uh, of its e- economy, including the internet. Mm. So it it is actually itself prepared to cut itself off. Okay. Uh, or or would like to be able to. It, it announced in 2019 that it had done an experiment doing just that. Okay. To cut all internet traffic uh, between Russia and the rest of the world for an hour or something in late 2019. Uh, I've, I've seen no evidence that that actually happened. Uh, okay. It was, an Interesting. was announced in advance, and that it was it was declared a success. But I, I don't. There's no no one has any evidence that it actually happened.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, so so you, you you don't really know. But uh, it would be fairly straightforward to cut Russia off because there aren't that many cables between Russia and the rest right. of the world. Right. The rest of the world was only in the 1980 Olympics when they really started having any telecommunications links with the outside world, mm. uh, once say the Moscow Olympics in 1980, uh, and there's still very, very few cables. So uh, it would be quite simple to cut things off. Of course, the Internet w- would then underperform, but Russia has spent a lot of time building up alternative social media uh, companies, alternative search. Uh, it's got you know, its own ID systems, it's got its own payment systems. Uh, it's trying to build up its own chip making abilities, so it, okay. it's prepared. It's, it's prepared for a siege. So and, yeah, and we've I've, also seen during the war, Putin has just cut off the information flow completely mm, to, to, mm. to Russia.
0: I mean, that, that I was going to ask about um, where, where Russia sat with your with your four internet's model, because actually you're you're intimating there that could well be a fifth, almost. Discrete little network on its own there do they have a an, an underpinning sort of philosophy in the same way as the libertarian
1: or bourgeois one or they do uh, and uh, we did we did devote a couple of chapters to it um, they, 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 there is a a kind of strange russian ideology that we see we're seeing in play now mm. that's uh you know clearly fascist influenced uh, and uh very um ve- highly nationalistic in a very romantic way uh and there there is a sort of a a a, a, a kind of a russian nationalist ideology going back to you know, to Dostoevsky. i mean this this way before uh, mm. uh this kind of industry came on board uh where Russia is seen as uh, somewhere that thrives in chaos, uh, and it follows from that that actually searching out chaos is is is, is a good thing to do because that's yeah. where Russians will thrive. So it becomes, in many ways, a spoiler in all sorts of international um, uh, arrangements. Uh, it it's true under the Czars, particularly true under under the uh, under the communists. Soviet Union, mm. uh, and uh, Vladimir Putin is is a uh, uh, very much a um, a uh, a devotee, uh, an adherent of that kind of ideology. The you may have seen a couple of uh, uh, a few days ago the the daughter of a well-known political philosopher yeah. was, was, was was assassinated, yes. probably a, a, an attempt to assassinate the philosopher himself, Michael uh, uh He is a a, a a confidant of Putin and very much mm-hmm. a Uh, uh, an ideologue of this kind of nature Um, and so that fits very well into a hacker ethic if we think about it in technological terms the idea that you might use the strength of the internet and the strength of the technology against itself Mm. debunk everything turn Mm. truth into falsity falsity into truth remove any distinction between truth and truth and falsity uh, that kind of information war, very much in that in that in that area, in that kind of nihilistic uh, philosophy. Now again, you get these nihilists everywhere. You get QAnon in America. It's so yeah. different. But again, uh, Russia has been um, perfecting these techniques for some time and has this quasi-autonomous but state-state um, tolerated hacker industry yeah. that you know, causes. We all know, and you and the BCS will be very aware of this huge problems for British industry and uh, industry worldwide. Uh, And so we call this the the Moscow spoiler model. okay. Which isn't a model of the Internet. It isn't a view of the Internet, but it's parasitic on the Internet. It needs an Internet to feed off.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And it's just going to it's just going to subvert it
0: so its national ideology sort of translated out into a digital network almost
1: yeah yeah and and it and it, it, it it internationalizes very easily i mean yeah. you know, we all know hackers who kind of think this way mm. um and you know the the, the power you know, the the power they respect you know, in many senses it's very playful you know it's this kind of undoing of you know the 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 grown-up structures that uh, you know security professionals have put in place for example mm. these are just these are just targets to be to be undone
0: yeah sure. uh, that's really interesting
1: i it, so that
0: makes me think um, kieran just thinking about the future of things uh, that' something we're focusing on in this uh, forthcoming issue of uh, the bcs magazine that um there's, there's clear developments already isn't there? i'm thinking about the fact that um things like QAnon and um libertarianism, they go quite well together. The the American the sort of flavor of the internet you're discussing there that's even money driven started off with a libertarian ideal. So it almost sold its own issues later on, didn't it? Can you see those things developing? while I'm while I'm spitballing also just thinking about the rise of populism in Europe, maybe constricting that um Uh, bourgeois internet as well that you know human rights aren't quite so important to a lot of uh, countries now so is that how you see things developing uh
1: i i i I think that's a pretty good uh uh summary of the convergence of that kind of thinking across Mm. the globe Uh, um, i mean the republican party in the states now resembles much more a, a European right-wing party yeah, than, than the business-oriented, sober-suited yes. Mitt Romney's and uh, George Bush seniors that, that we remember. Um, and uh, it's quite possible that Trump or a, a, a Trump clone will win the presidency in 2024. It's quite possible that uh, the... Uh, the uh, mechanisms of democracy will be subverted, and you think, well, actually, quite a lot of voting is online, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least uh, at least electronic in America, and uh, suddenly that that kind of industry starts to look quite strategic. So yes, I I could certainly see uh, the 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 uh, Putins um, opposition to Western uh, Western philosophy. Is or Western thinking is 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 very much focused the the, the the fight back his fight back against that is very much focused on finding these these disruptive elements and, and funding them you know um, uh, he he's been funneling money at uh, Marine Le Pen at you know, Nigel Farage uh, mm. Alex Salmond I mean the the uh, a lot of the uh, debate in the um, Scottish independence referendum in 2014 was um, a, a lot of money from Russia ended up in that, uh, mm. in that going in that direction. Doesn't matter what the what the position is. It, it's is it disruptive? If it's disruptive, the Russians are going to like that. Um, and yeah. uh, and then as you, as we've seen in America and certainly in on continental Europe, it becomes self-sustaining. You know, because that... you know, once you have enough people agreeing in the conspiracy, then yeah. Then the the community will 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 uh, continue. So yeah, I mean our our view, um, Wendy Hall and, and my view on this is that the libertarian position, that the pure libertarian position, not not, not the uh, particularly one uh, uh, infected by that kind of right uh, truth supporting ideology, but but basic mm. libertarianism is quite important in two ways. So first of all, the Silicon Valley open internet came first, just as a matter of history. Mm. So that's what was built and everything else has been built on top of it. Yeah. So in a sense, everything is a footnote to that, to to Vint Cerf and uh, Mm -hmm. and his his people like that. Yeah. So uh, it's quite important from that point of view. It's also important, I think, to remember that because it was an open permissionless system, that's why it took off. Right. If mm. we tried to build a human rights-based system, it wouldn't have taken off right. because anyone with any human rights concerns, the Chinese, just wouldn't have bought into it. Yeah. Right. So you wouldn't get a global internet. Uh, you get countries like Hungary, let's say, dipping in and out of it you know, as as they moved uh, towards it away towards from human rights positions. If it had been a business-oriented internet, it wouldn't have taken off. People would have had to pay to use it and they just wouldn't have done. Yes. Uh, and similarly, if it had been a highly, uh, highly uh, uh, paternalistic uh, system under total surveillance, it couldn't have grown globally. Mm. You, know, it might, you might have had little national interests, but it wouldn't have grown globally. So, so the, the libertarianism is important not only as a uh, historically contingently as the thing that started it off, but see, it's the glue that holds it together. Mm. That's interesting. So
0: actually, you're almost saying that 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 that, um, that route is important, and maybe what we're going through now is a necessary gestation period as, as it uh, gets hopefully. We're not going to change certain parts of it, or are we? China are not going to change their approach to you know top down top down leadership, which is what they do. Do you think that we should, um, in that case, try and influence more the progress of what's happening in India because they're a large a large growing section of this and and maybe try and introduce some of the the ethics that we might consider to be important in that area
1: um i, I think a lot of it uh, a lot of the growth of the internet will be down to precisely that kind of battle of ideas mm. um and uh, I, I, I i i am concerned that the united states has relinquished global leadership uh i mean trump did it did it absolutely uh, explicitly but you know Mm. Biden has not reached out that strongly and in fact it's quite hard to believe in America as a global leader knowing that we could end up with Trump or DeSantis or Ted Cruz or someone in the White House in 2024 so its global leadership is not very convincing. Uh, The EU's global leadership similarly partly because it's very process oriented but also because it's so concerned with human rights, which you know we're all concerned with human rights ourselves. That's great, but mm. it, it's going to be hard, you know, to sell. Uh, here's 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 some technology you could only use it if you're not a human rights abuser. Abuser that's going to be hard to sell in sub-Saharan Africa. It's going to be hard to sell in Saudi Arabia. You know, um, China has uh, this uh, global technological initiative called the Belt and Road Initiative, mm-hmm. which is basically selling infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 including technological infrastructure, including yes. whole smart cities. Yes. Um, um, and the Chinese branding of a smart city is a safe city, which means a lot of mm. space. Mm. Um, and there are many sort of safe cities growing up in Africa. And you can see the attraction of that where, you know, there's a lot of crime, uh, maybe you know, a lot of chaos. A, 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 a bit of top-down organization. On top of that, in, in you know a, a mega city like uh, Nairobi, let's say, or, or you know, Kinshasa, might actually look quite attractive. Mm. So um, it's a battle of ideas. The Chinese are spending a lot of time uh, exporting their their models of uh, of governance and. Because they don't come with a human rights demand attached, uh, yeah. that looks attractive, at least in the short term, to uh, someone who uh, might well be running uh, an emerging market and might well think, well, you know, human rights are great, but actually, we, uh, you know, we've we've got to raise our global income. That's the priority here. We've mm-hmm. got to increase security. We have, may have a terrorist threat. We may have you know high crime. We're actually more concerned with the, that getting that kind of security in place rather than the uh, the wonderful human rights record of, of europe yeah um, you know uh, so so it's a perfectly understandable view mm.
0: um
1: and uh yeah so 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 it, it is a global competition for ideas i one hopes i think that the human rights view will win out ultimately. I, I am worried that diplomacy is more urgent in someone like China.
0: I just picking up on a previous thought there, which I think is a very interesting one, uh, Kieran, you know, with with the lack of leadership that the, the United States used to provide in this sort of domain, what should fill the vacuum? There's obviously an opportunity there.
1: I think that there's, there's certainly um, scope, I think, for the UK to... Um, Demonstrate world leadership. I mean, post Brexit, uh, there would be an opportunity to differentiate Britain from the EU. Although I think our our links with the EU are always going to be and always should be very strong. Hmm. Not only as a fact of geography, just culturally, we are very, very close. And it would be absurd, I think, to, to try and cut ourselves off from the EU. However. We in the UK have always tended to take a, a slightly less top-down view of world affairs, politics, and business, um, and also are rather more pro-business than, let's say, the governments of France or, or uh, Germany. And you know, our, our startup scene is is very strong. Of mm. um, our, our Financial sector remains strong, you know, despite the shock of Brexit. So we have a a, a, an opportunity there. We are English speakers, which is you know a great help in global communication. And there are there are like-minded states about that that between them have great heft. You know, thinking of not only anglophone and uh, anglosphere countries like Australia, New Zealand, Canada, but also you know Japan. South Korea, you know, um, where America might not look like a reliable ally, it may well be that, that Britain could take on some global leadership here. Um, you know, at the moment, the economy is going through some big shocks. We have, it's it's been pretty clear Brexit's been handled pretty chaotically and not very well, in my, in my view. Uh, and, and there'll be a lot of picking up the pieces to be done from that. But, you know, there, there, there is an opportunity I think for us to 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 make a to make a to, to stake out a position that is principled in terms of let's maximize communication but as in all things uh that that might involve crossing your fingers behind your back and shaking hands with some some pretty dodgy customers
0: right um, interesting. Do you think these this opportunity is um, on the radar at the highest level? I'm mixing metaphors now, I think, but
1: uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, w- w- one hopes so. Um, a, a lot of the post-Brexit stuff is focused on trade, which is not not irrelevant because a lot of trade involves information crossing borders and and so classic internet stuff. I, I think there's a, there's a sort of a, a British philosophy of kind of commercial I I won't say libertarianism but commercial liberty Mm. uh, and and support for business uh, that has been extremely valuable and when we get it right uh, we can be we can be quite powerful so you know for example just to take a a, a one organization the British Council is is a, a, a great resource that is incredibly well connected in business communities all over the world and when it's misused by the British government it tends to be used as an arm of foreign policy when it's used well it's it's a it, it, it's used at arm's length and in fact just the British council's connections are used to to put people in the same room and I think that's quite important keeping over, keeping lines of communication open because with, with you know regimes that may appear to be beyond the pale or may appear to be uh, pushing um, uh, pushing human rights concerns too far. What we need is means of keeping o- keeping lines of communication open. On the internet is a, a key aspect of that, rather than having direct government links between, let's say, UK and Saudi Arabia,
0: mm.
1: uh, which which are which are will always be very connected governments anyway because of defence connections and so on. But you know, Saudi Arabia has behaved pretty badly of late. Um, and uh, it's important, I think, to 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 make a stand against that kind of abuse of uh, abuse of human rights. But on the other hand, we need contacts with Saudi Arabia. It's a large country. It's a it's a major uh, linchpin of Middle Eastern politics. Other countries we may need to do uh, important business with include Iran. You know, which as as a sort of the leading um Shia nation in the world is is also a key you know geopolitical country and, and you know isolating Iran won't do any good. Mm. Uh, and the, the trick is I think to get to, to, to keep conversations open without uh getting your hands too dirty, but equally without saying, right, no human rights abuses we're not going to we're not going to talk to you. We need to we need to have a line of communications with the Russians, with the Chinese and so on. Yeah. I mean even, you've even, got, while, even while we have sanctions and all the rest of it for for particular actions.
0: You seem to have a very pragmatic view there, Kieran. I wonder, is it is it just at governmental level? Is it, we've been doing some stuff, for example, recently with IT Ukraine Association, just yeah. to, you know, give support to IT uh, to Ukrainian IT professionals, that sort of thing. And then we've got, you know, here we've got BCS and IET in the States, we've got ACM and so on and so forth. Is there something at that level that we should be doing?
1: I, I think that's 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 a kind of better level to do it because government particularly in a democracy, you know, the 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 the, the, the of government is actually quite strong. And those kind of those kind of professional arm's length discussions are are actually the ones that will keep the the the, the, uh, the, the, the wires open. Right, uh, and I think it's also, of course, very important. I mean, while we keep communications lines open with Russia, massive support for Ukraine is is is, is needed, uh, and we've seen actually how the the libertarian internet has been a real help for Ukraine by virtue of the Starlink uh, satellite network. It's yes, kind of yes. kept Ukraine plugged in. Um, and so yeah, I mean, w- w- wherever. Uh, there's appalling aggression, as in as in uh, Ukraine and may well happen with Taiwan. Mm. We absolutely need to support the uh, the, the underdogs there uh, that have right on their side. It's just that we can't if if the world starts splitting into into factions, so will the Internet. Yeah. Uh, and there's probably not a lot that can be done about that. I mean, ICANN resisted Ukraine telling it uh, to isolate Russia could it resist the president of the United States telling it to isolate oh, China? China yeah I mean that's a, that would be it would take a very brave man sitting in an office yeah Just, although the Chinese internet is very locked
0: down anyway isn't it there's all sorts of stuff you can't access when you're in, I know this because I've been to China a few times you can't get loads of stuff anyway
1: yeah um, yeah I mean the Chinese were onto the subversive possibilities of the internet very early on mm hence the fire the great firewall great right, yes exactly yes. Uh, the russians caught up with that rather late largely i think because putin didn't really understand the internet he, he saw television as the right as the, as, as the real uh thing took over television but of course that made television so boring that everyone then went onto the internet <laughs> to goal in that sense. And, Very good. Yeah. Uh, he's been playing catch up, I think, in, in 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 terms of building his own kind of firewall in, in, in Russia. But it's getting there, you know, he's clearly making progress and, and the Chinese are exporting technologies to help him do it.
0: Uh, Kieran, can I say thank you so much? That's been a really interesting conversation. I,
1: I should just say that um, the basic political thoughts I've come up with today are generally my own. The, yeah, the sure. sort of the, the technical uh, thoughts are very much joint work with with Dame Wendy, and in fact, I mean her her uh, leadership in this field has been has been very uh, very important influence worldwide. But these are personal views of my own. Of course, yes, no, no so, problem I, at I'll, all. I'll make that clear. Yeah.
0: Now. Absolutely understood. Uh no, well say, thank you so much for
1: speaking to us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Really enjoyed That's it. That's great. Thanks, plan
0: Thank long. you.